6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We're going to start with this today, a long-awaited apology. I apologize on behalf of the government of Canada and on behalf of those elected officials who, throughout the history of the Canadian Armed Forces, had the responsibility to protect you and who failed to do so. I apologize to the thousands of Canadians who were harmed because your government did not protect you, nor did we ensure that the right systems were in place to ensure justice and accountability. That was Defence Minister Anita Anand earlier today formally saying sorry to victims of military sexual misconduct and sexual assault on behalf of the federal government. The minister also apologized for the fact the government didn't put the right systems in place to ensure justice and accountability for victims. The minister also said Ottawa has long failed to protect those who signed up to protect the country. Her apology, along with those made by Chief of the Defence Staff and the Deputy Minister of Defence, formed a key part of the federal government's $600 million settlement in several overlapping class action lawsuits. Watching and listening very closely... It was Major Donna Rigadell, the co-founder of Survivor Perspectives Consulting Group. Major Rigadell, welcome back to 630 Ched in Edmonton. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. All right. And I think it was a $900 million settlement, wasn't it? Not 600 Right. That's correct. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know what, Donna, you and I have been talking about this and uh, what's been going on in the military for years now. Dating back to your time when you were based here in Edmonton, you listened to that apology today. What did you hear? Um, so for me, uh, the parts that really kind of hit home was the apology to the families of people who have been um, suffering from, obviously, the, the impacts of military sexual trauma, because, I mean, that really cuts home for me. I have a daughter, and I know for a fact that I have not been, you know, the mom that I could have been had I not been suffering from PTSD. I, I definitely try hard to be a good mom, but I know that she misses out because her mom, you know, has this injury, and, and I know that I'm not the only one, right? My mom I was second generation uh, MST survivor. My mother was not, you know, the mom or the woman or the wife mm. that she should could have been. And the same thing. So there's all of that, you know, the recognition of that was really powerful. And I'm glad that they mentioned it because a lot of times we forget about the widespread impact of trauma. Major Donna Rigadell joining me this afternoon. Donna, do you believe that the apologies that you heard today, three separate ones that you heard today, do you believe that it was more than just words, that they understand? Did you get the sense that they understood the harm that was done? I think they do now. Um, like I've said a couple of times that it sounds so strange because, of course, we had Operation Honor and a bunch of other stuff. But I really kind of think that this is the re- first real step because before you can get to problem solving, you have to do the responsibility and accountability piece. And up until fairly recently, I was still kind of running into roadblocks that the senior command didn't think that it was a problem at mm. the senior command levels. They were like, oh, it's just a junior rank issue. So it wasn't until sort of this past, you know, late winter, early spring that it really kind of hammered home that, no, the scope of this is so much bigger and it goes so much deeper and so much higher. And so all of a sudden it was kind of a, a new openness by the chain of command to consider that, you know what, this wasn't just a junior ranks problem. This went everywhere. Went to the top, General Air, talking Absolutely. about uh, the top, the, the new uh, chief of defense staff. His words, these words, um, you know, when I read them, I thought, 
okay, maybe they do get it. It's, he said this, to those who shouted until you could shout no more at great personal risk, only to have no one listen to you, we are sorry. Yeah, no, I often refer to it kind of like screaming into the void. Cause that's really what it felt like sometimes just because, I mean, you and I have talked extensively about this. It just honestly felt like you're just running into brick wall after brick wall. But you know what? I got to say, there, it, it definitely feels different. Like I had, I've had, well, we're at over a thousand people trained now. And mm-hmm. just watching the ripples of change across very high ranks, we've gone all the way up to, I believe, the highest we've had. Well, we've had vice admirals, we've had major generals. And even they have, you know, learned and, and, you know, sworn to do better. I've had people that I used to serve under them, you know, years ago come to me after our training and say, I am so sorry for missing the signs and I'm sorry for failing you. So I'm really hoping that this apology means that to those other people out there that won't have that same opportunity, that won't be able to, you know, meet their former chain of command face to face and have that moment. I hope that this does that for them. You know what, Don, I want to talk to you more about that training that you're doing in just a moment, but you posted something today on social media and it said the best apology is changed behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Yeah. And, and time will I mean, tell. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic start, but it means nothing if there's no follow up to it. And, and I know that I, myself, I will not be here and, you know, two years from now to do this again. This, we've got to get it right this time. So let's do this. Like, I think survivors have waited long enough. I think the Canadian public has waited. Like we deserve a strong and, and diverse Canadian armed forces and we can easily get there. We just need to be making the right choices. And, and again, you know, using the right leverage and moving this forward. So when we talk about leadership change, when we talk about doing things differently, how do we, what do we need to see, um, you know, top down and even bottom up when it comes to, um, you know, fixing the, the, the issue the, where we are right now? Well, I mean, there's always a lot of focus on that punitive disciplinary judicial piece. Like, can we, you know, do we have the right legal stuff? Mm -hmm. But here's the, here's the trick. Um, That's not where you can have the most impact Mm. because really, statistically speaking, it's very unlikely that people are going to see what they would consider a positive outcome. Where we can have the most effect is supporting survivors, helping them heal, helping them process, helping them continue to achieve their dreams like that alone. And it's not complicated. It's not hard to do, but for some reason, it's just been that piece that we've missed. Um, I know there's been uh, there's been a lot of comment uh, or a lot of you know comments over the past number of weeks saying okay so how are we going to do how are things going to change moving forward because it's obvious the military way is not the, has not been right. working over the past number of years now you and uh, you you co-founded Survivors Perspective Consulting Group which is a volunteer service provider of professionally coordinated military sexual trauma uh, survivor perspectives training and solutions in this country. As you mentioned, uh, the training that you have been doing and you've worked with close to a thousand uh, people so far. What is that training doing? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What I'm seeing is just like, honestly, it's like the light going on for a lot of these people because it really has been the missing piece. So what we're training at all levels is this is how you support somebody. It's not enough to say, okay, be compassionate. What does that look like? What are some things to say more importantly? What are some things not to say? And mm-hmm. and how do you include and involve that survivor and, and empower them so that they know they have a voice and come forward with a really collaborative approach? And then once you get that, how do you now start to address those like insidious roots of, you know, 
know, toxic culture and all that kind of stuff. And I don't mean like the, uh, the really open stuff. Cause I like to think that most of us, if we saw a sexual assault or something that happening, we would stop it, but more, Hey, how do you, when do you, you know, step in on a, on a peer? Mm. How do you correct that behavior? So hopefully preventing future victimization. And really, if we can get the survivor support piece and the toxic culture under control, um, the rest of it will figure itself out and we'll be there. So. And Donna, I wanted to ask you, um, the, the, the lawsuit, the, the, uh, the submissions, uh, the claims, about 19,000, and they're still taking a few more based on, uh, you know, individual cases. But the one thing that I'm not sure that a lot of folks know is that um, more than 40% of those claims were from men. I think a lot of folks see this as a as a as a women's issue in the military and that's not the case no it's so much is not it's this is a human issue like and it's not even a people it's not a military issue like i know that sounds bizarre because we're the ones that are are dealing with it but this is not an issue that necessarily is created by the calf we bring you know we recruit people from the canadian public so it's a problem in society our problem is our culture provides that life support that now nurtures and encourages it so once we bring in somebody who may be hardwired to be a predator or maybe objectify or see you know people certain way now we give them a validation and normalizing that behavior and encourage it so you know it's it's up until now we've tried to put military solutions on it but it needs to be so much more it's not necessarily even about training it's about educating mm-hmm. and talking and mm-hmm. engaging does this apology give people give survivors space to heal does this give them give folks and i guess it's personal it'll be up to each and every each and every person who has has been a victim who is a survivor um with with what you know how they deal with this and what they take from that apology is going to be very individual isn't it Absolutely. I mean, people are coming at it from so many different ways. There's a lot of anger and a lot of hurt out there and justifiably so. So, it. I mean, I think we need to remember that nothing's going to make up for it, you know, and nothing's going to undo what was done. Um, but, you know, what hopefully this will do for some people is, is maybe give them a sense of closure and now they can start to, you know, move on because your sexual assault, your, your sexual trauma doesn't have to define you. You can you can come back from it. You can, you know, figure out your, your new path and yeah, you're going to have some you know some new scars but at the same time you can definitely still achieve everything you wanted to and still chase your dreams it's just a matter now of processing and healing major rigadell we'll leave it there this afternoon thanks for making time for me uh always great to talk with you and uh it has been it has been a journey with you over the past number of years and to to be with you and talk to you today on this part of the journey um i don't want to say it's full circle but it's uh, it's a step another step in the right direction thanks for this thank you definitely a great step in the right direction thank Take you care. all right major donna rigadell joining us this afternoon a survivor of military sexual trauma leading the charge in a in a lot of areas on you know using her voice and bringing attention to the issue but also now taking matter into her own hands and saying, okay, well, this is what needs to happen. And so let's put together a way to train people. Let's, let's educate people and step by step it's getting there. And slowly we got to believe that it's going to make a difference. It's